Hello and welcome to Strange Love of Movies. I'm your co-host Oscar Martinez and with me is another co-host Emily Martinez because our main host Livia Martinez is not with us. She's still in college studying for finals I think. This is finals week isn't it? It is finals week and it would have been hard for her to comment on this podcast anyway because she didn't see the movie. That's right that's right and the movie we're going to be talking about is Napoleon directed by Ridley Scott the director of directors He's been making movies for more than 40 years and he's still cranking them out. I mean, House of Gucci just came out a couple of years ago and something else. I mean, he's, he's had so many big ones. You Besides know? the ones he directs, he's produced so many prominent yeah. movies. Yeah. And I mean, if you've seen, I think The Martian, you know, Alien Covenant, you know, the uh, Black Hawk Down, so many films, Gladiator. Oh, he's making Gladiator too. Oh, I had heard that. Yes, that, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and is this a time to mention how old is he is? He just w uh, had a birthday last week on November 30th for, he's 86, 86. Wow. So, And he's one of those directors that it will be interesting to see how um, how he shows up in in uh, what cinema textbooks or whatever, <laughs> you know, evaluation of directors. I think he'll be considered one of the greats, uh, but he's one of those who has made, um, he's made art films and he's made mass appeal films. And some of them have been just perfect and on target and super influential. And then he's had some misses along the way because he's made so many, he's been so prolific. So, um, this is kind of an appropriate movie to, um, to comment on from Ridley Scott because it, it capture it, it's in some ways very typical of him. Yeah. Not, not to go old school movie history, but he's really, really a lot like Howard Hawks, who was a great director in the thirties, forties, fifties, up to 1970s. He was, he was directing, but he made screwball comedies. He made Westerns. He made detective stories. He made, you know, all sorts of not movies. afraid to tackle any genre. Yeah. Gangster movies. And, and I forgot another big one that Ridley Scott did, of course, alien, right. Blade Runner and Thelma and Louise. I mean, those are, Oh yes. Yeah, Iconic. Different movies. Anyway. So we talked about every other movie except the one we want to discuss, but, um, so Napoleon, uh, features Joaquin Phoenix in the title role as, the emperor of France and it starts, uh, it's an, it's an epic to be sure, you know, and it's very, it's an interesting take on, on, on him. It's a character study of him and specifically his love affair with Josephine, his empress. And Josephine is played by Vanessa Kirby and she does a really good job. She has just the right, um, she's very attractive, very pretty. And but also very kind of dignified and a little bit hard to read. Yes. And what's interesting about this film, it's been out for a little bit. And I think um, you're going to hear a lot of I, I think you either love it or hate it, maybe, I, I think, because I think people who hate it think it's a little slow and it can be. But the people who love it, uh, the action sequence are as good as anything he's ever done on the action, the battles. There's at least seven, eight, nine battles that he shows. And it's very well done. And there's a lot of, lot of action. It really, I mean, I'm not a military history fan, uh, I'm, but I am very interested in Napoleon. I've always been interested in like the history around the French Revolution and his reign was basically the culmination of the French Revolution or, or kind of the end of it. Um, but I've, the battle scenes, I, sometimes I get kind of bored with those because I don't really know what's going on, I guess, in movies. Um, but these were, the battles were, ex I don't know, it was just, it, you could understand 
why his his tactics were special and um just it was it was interesting to watch from that even from a non-military person's perspective yes yeah and i think you know if you know just a little bit of your history you know and the right as the french revolution in 1789 is taking it's coming it's starting i guess and then it's it's continuing it was the same i was always fascinated as a kid that oh wait napoleon was around then too and he was just starting out as, a, as an officer a colonel or whatever he was and talk about seizing the initiative because of his military expertise he he kept you know uh promising something to the leaders and these leaders were not you know there would there'd be a leader one week and then kill them the next i mean there was the reign of terror all this stuff the guillotine you know all these things that were happening and against that backdrop he shows up with a very say he has a firm idea of what he wants to do on the battlefield but also in life too he wants to succeed he wants to be the ultimate um not king because they didn't have kings anymore but yeah he'll, he'll take emperor you know i think he wants to be the successor to the caesars i really think he idolizes the roman emperors and sees himself maybe in that same um vein as as um what the world needs at that time sure sure and a large part of the story is of course the love affair between um napoleon and josephine which i guess is one of history's most famous um love affairs tragic as it is in some ways but it is interesting to see the contrast because it starts with josephine just getting out of prison as the revolution winds down she was close to being guillotined herself and she's very aristocratic and napoleon on the other hand is kind of a corsican upstart um, and he was a jacobin i mean he was a, a real revolutionary so the fact that they got together is kind of improbable but um, their relationship really did, I think she was a big part of why he succeeded, but also I think it also was, it weighed him down. I mean, there was a lot of conflict in that relationship and it does show how a personal life can really make a big difference in how a, a great man lives his life. Yes, and, and that's well said because I think what Napoleon has to be, I, I think he is the most written about uh, person, you know. What was the statistic uh, you had? That, well, yes, that he every week since he's been dead and he's been dead, what, 200 years or something, uh, a book about him has come out. So over <laughs> 10, 20,000, I don't know. Well, I don't know how many weeks that is, but I heard that somewhere. In fact, I heard it, it was an interview with Ridley Scott and there's a good little factoid there because the next thing I want to discuss a little bit about is the, uh, still talking about the movie, but it's as much the the criticism it's receiving from historians who's saying it's it's not historically accurate this battle didn't happen that way and one big thing is that oh he never shot a cannon at the, at the uh pyramid and not that Ridley really scott doesn't have to explain anything but he did explain that he said he just wanted to show quickly how quickly he overtook egypt and he did and he did and, and again it was a device yes it wasn't historically accurate but at ridley scott's point is well None of these historians were there anyway. So what do they know? You know? <laughs> right. It was people writing for Napoleon and against Napoleon. So the history isn't necessarily that reliable anyway. And it's still playing out because I didn't realize there's this whole controversy. You can imagine France hates this movie. <laughs> they say they, it's, a, it's English, you know, propaganda. propaganda. You know, the Duke of Wellington is all upright and, you know, he's the one who, who, who bested him at Waterloo. Spoiler alert, that happened a few years ago. Anyway, but um, the, but uh, 
that he was this, like you mentioned earlier, from Corsica. He was an upstart. He was a brute. And, and yet he, he did leave the world. I don't know if he left it a better place, but he, he did leave it. And he was an interesting character. He, he was actually quite, the, quite an intellectual and was very interested in the history and archaeology. And um, he created a basically a new form of government, new judicial system. So there was a lot more to him than just the average general. Like not, I mean, not to belittle the average general, but you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. And I think the whole enlightenment thing, he was certainly on, on, on the right side of things there. Right. But this movie, it's only two, two and a half hours. So he, they couldn't, unless they made it a mini series. Although I did hear that Ridley Scott is planning to stream a four hour and 10 minute version. Oh, wow. <laughs> but he, he characterized it the way you did. He said, it's, it's more a love story than anything else. Love of his country and love of his wife and love, you know, and, and both of those come across and love of his ambition, oh, yeah. devotion to his Yeah, to what, his what drove goals. him to be who he was. And and again, it was, you know, it's, if, how should I put it? If, will you enjoy the movie? It depends. If you like history, if you like uh, historical epics, if you you can sit still for two and a half hours, yeah, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy it. However, if you think it's the plot's a little too slow, yeah, you probably won't. You know, I don't know how else to put it, really, because I, I found myself at times, Wanting to check my watch because it was like, oh, come on. I know I know what's going to happen because I know history, but can they get to the point a little faster? But then even in those scenes, as I was watching them, well acted, well displayed, really well well shot. It was a good movie, really good. Yeah, I thought it was real good. Um, kind Just to kind of go on from what I was saying earlier, I think they probably, if they really, if he really wanted to make a sort of a biopic of Napoleon, I think he should have had more... Um, given a more well-rounded picture of what he was all about and some of his other accomplishments. And also um, maybe even just more of um, some of the atrocities attributed to his troops to show why his why the opinion of Napoleon is so divided in the world, even to this day. Um, but I think Ridley Scott decided he also wanted it to be he thought it would be more entertaining to a larger audience if it was a love story. So there's a lot devoted to the love story, but, and I enjoyed that too, because I, I probably enjoy the romantic part more than the military part. So it's, I think it's a movie that can appeal to everybody. I mean, not just people who like, like battle scenes and not just people who want romance. Um, and you really don't have to know anything about Napoleon before you go in to enjoy it and follow it. It's not that complicated. But um, anyway, it's a well-told story, but it is certainly not the ultimate um, biopic of, of Napoleon. I mean, I'm sure there have been many before and there probably will be others after this. And that's the thing about larger than life individuals. It's really hard to do them justice anytime, really, you know. In, in film because it's the the life everybody knows or thinks they know something about uh, the person being portrayed. And so this is just, I would, I would just add this as another interpretation of, of his complicated character and, and uh, you know, what made him tick and what made him do the things he did. And I think it's to Ridley Scott's credit that he can make something that happened so long ago seem relevant now. I mean, the, and I, I, Joaquin Phoenix, 
is he was good in it. I don't know. He kind of had an unusual way of playing Napoleon, but I think he played it in a very modern way. I think you could relate to him almost like he was a modern guy. Um, and so um, I think that's, and I think that's Ridley Scott's writing probably or his direction too, because I think it was, it, it's the kind of story, okay, they're in costumes, but it, it really could be happening today. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I also think, you know, I, I thought about that too. Could somebody else have played him better than him? Again, he was fine, but he's kind of the same character in every movie except for the Joker. And even there, he was the same character, you know, kind of a mopey, depressed guy going through life and getting what he wants. As I was watching, I was wondering is if somebody, if another actor could have played him better, you know? And again, Joaquin Phoenix, he was fine, but again, a little mopey and basically playing himself, the same person, character he's played in the last few films. And uh, I don't know if I learned anything. I, I saw any kind of range there, you know, and again, but, but again, that's, that's, that's the way it was written. So maybe that's the way he played it, you know, just straight, straight up. So. And I know in a, I think it was a New Yorker article I read about Ridley Scott, they mentioned how his, he has very strong women in his films, obviously Thelma and Louise and Alien, but this is also one of those where Josephine, again, is famous to history, but he really um, emphasizes her importance to the story. Sure, that's good. Yeah. And also the, the very last thing before we get to ratings, I think, is that I mentioned earlier, the French hated it. The English loved it. <laughs> English critics said, hey, plus, plus, plus. So, so as you pointed out, they were at war for what, hundreds of years? More than 500 years? Yes. There's one Off war after, on. after another. Let's hope this doesn't start another war, you know? <laughs> Uh, so, Probably more like a thousand years. Off yeah, on. yeah. It wasn't the Hundred Years' War actually 130 years or something <laughs> like that? Anyway, so shall we get to ratings? Yes. Are, are there any any other thoughts? Or? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, how many sabers would you sabers? Yeah. Would you get this? You know, I'd give it a solid three. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, it wasn't like the greatest movie ever. Certainly wasn't the worst. I mean, it was. There were some parts that were a little slow, but the action more than made up for it. And like Em said, I mean, she liked the romance part more. Uh, I liked the, the battle sequences more. So there's something for everyone, really. So I think it, it's a solid three. And yes, I was trying to choose between a three or a three and a half, maybe a three and a half. Um, I think with the subject matter, it could have been a lot better. I mean, I think, I think this subject lends itself or Napoleon and even Napoleon Josephine lends itself to a masterpiece of the future. I mean, I really think more could be done with it, but it was um, very entertaining and it told a good story. And I think, again, it's, I think it's, um, will be interesting to everybody. You don't have to know your history. You don't have to be a history buff to like it. And I think that, um, they deserve a lot of credit for, making that kind of film. Yes, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, that's to Ridley Scott's credit, who makes history come alive. And ever since it came out, uh, in the top 10 most searched terms on Wikipedia is Napoleon and things related to Napoleon. So, <laughs> so maybe there'll be a resurgence of, of that kind of classical history. You know, and Well, there needs to be more written about Napoleon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, not, <laughs> more not, books. Not, not enough's been done. You know. uh, so thank you for listening to Strange Love. Uh, you can visit our website, strangelovemovies.com, and you'll see uh, summaries of all our more than 160, 170 episodes and uh, with links to all the previous versions and all the previous episodes, I should say. And yeah, we look forward to the next one and we look forward to uh, hopefully having our main host join us and we can talk about 
the latest movies that are out then. Yes, we've enjoyed it. And um, we hope that Livia joins us next time. Take care. Bye-bye.